Play the fucking intro. Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 247. As as we were last week, Eric and I are extremely warmed up and ready to go. We had some discussions beforehand and we are ready to start firing away on all cylinders. Oh yeah. So we're going to get into some music and before we do that, as we usually do, let's get into some new stuff that has recently come out and uh, will also be coming out soon. Uh, first up, let's start. We're going to start on January 9th. Splats, they put out a new single called Thy Destroyer is Divine. Then Paranoid put out Tatari. Again, I think I've said that before. On the That came out on the 10th. Uh, they're a band from Sweden, but they are very influenced by like samurais and Japanese culture. So I think those are Japanese letters and it probably spells or says Paranoid, but I don't know. That's just how the name always is. It's Japanese letters and then in parentheses, paranoid. Yeah, I I believe that's what it is. I remember remember playing this band a while back. I think you're right, and I think that's what it is. We're going to go with it. Look them up. They're from Sweden. On the 11th, uh, Fuck 2021, Dead Broke Records and Dirt Cult Records Sampler came out. So bands from those two. uh, So it's compilation, essentially, or sampler. Same thing. Came out on the 11th. On the 14th, The Hope Conspiracy put out Death Knows Your Name Deluxe. It's a reissue. On the 14th, Alarm Signal put out Aesthetic de, de Widerstands. They're from Germany. Uh, cool release. I played a single over on Punkadoy Worldwide. The Drowns put out a two-track single called Know Who You Are. On the 14th, that's out on Pirates Press. On the 14th, a Boogie Hammer put out Power Up. It's an EP. Uh, Bad Co. Project, I love Bad Company Project, good stuff there. They put out a new single, I was pretty excited to see that came out. That came out on the 14th, the single is called Berlin. Also, a couple other great singles from great bands came out on the 14th, including Booze and Glory put out Raising the Roof, and Charger put out Rolling Through the Night. I hope Bad Co. Project and Booze and Glory, those are singles on forthcoming albums, don't know for sure. But that Charger rolling through the night is for sure off of a forthcoming album that will be out the first week of March. And, or no, actually it's middle of March. I think that changed. So it's March 18th. That album will be called War Horse. And that single rolling through the night is pretty friggin' awesome. So definitely get out and check it out. Sweet. I like Charger if you're a fan of Matt Freeman. Matt Freeman being one of the greatest bass players of all time, bass player of Rancid. Oh, yes. And definitely is the responsible for the much deeper sounding vocals in any Rancid track that you've heard. And also in his own bands like Devil's Brigade. Well, this band here to Charger. Does yes. vocals for it. They're pretty awesome. Charger is awesome. Yes. I like those guys. Check out the new track, Rolling Through the Night. Then on UVPR, they released uh, Tolt Shock. A retrospective, 1999 through 2003, there's like almost 20 tracks or something like that, so I assume that's all the releases from this band during that window. I've had a chance to listen to a few. They're great. Check them out. The Serial Killers put out Snap, Crackle, Pop, Punk on the 15th. Confront Stage put out a new single. Uh, It is two tracks. One, it's the same track, basically, but one in Russian and one in uh, English. 
The Law in Your Head is the name of the single. We'll talk more about that here shortly. Intentional Overdose put out a new EP called Lost. Fast Eddie put out Take a Look on the 21st. Original Sun put out a new single called Parasite. They do have an LP that will be coming. Uh, it's called Currents. Gloves Off is putting out on the 28th. Life and Everything After on Upstate Records. Also on Upstate Records, Bruise Brothers is putting out 21 offers you can't refuse. On the 28th, Schism is putting out Capitalize on Rotten Bastard Records. We're going to talk more about that here in a moment. And finally, Wolfsklinge put out Halb 8. It's a single on that put out. I'm saying put out on a lot of these. They're into the future here, people. January 28th. There are several that I have that I don't have dates for that are officially releasing, like the Bad English split with the Sabotage. Should be out any time. You might be able to get the vinyls already. It's over on Dismantled Records, but not officially out, at least digitally. And there are several others, so as they are available, we'll talk about them. Eric, what do you have to add to the list? I have a couple. Uh, one that's coming out in just a couple days, the Billy Talent record. Oh, cool. Crisis of Faith. Sweet. I, yeah, a funny thing with the uh, Billy Talent, uh, my, uh, the drummer, Ben, for uh, Heart of Dark, he uh, sent everyone a message like, uh, hey, check out this new uh, Billy Talent single. Uh, gave us a YouTube link, and it's the song Judged. And I listened to it, and I go, hey, holy shit, how have I been sleeping on these guys? <laughs> They're fucking awesome. So did a bit of a dive into Billy Talent's repertoire and listened to the first couple albums, and yeah, they're fun. They're a little, uh, they're a little chaotic, a bit silly in their musical, their musical approach. It's, uh, it reminds me very much of how the Bronx do their style. Nice. But just a little, a little smoother, a little softer. But the guitar, at least the tone... And just the way that it just uh, works off of each other, it's uh, slightly metallic but and very technical. It reminds me of that. So Billy Talent's probably one of the harbingers of that style of music. Cool. But yeah, I will get into that more uh, next week because I have that song uh, set up for my new song. Excellent. Yep. And also in uh, February, uh, date yet to be determined... Mandalore is releasing their third record, Weapon of the Enemy. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm excited Irish for Voodoo that. Records, everybody. Go check it out there yep. when it comes out. That is their debut release of Irish Voodoo Records. They are officially signed. They are in the big leagues now, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mandalore, I'm, we played one of their songs, uh, Halith, son of... Uh, uh, what's his name? The Two Towers reference. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the really deep cut blink if you miss it, that's how nerdy they really are type of music, <laughs> type of song title. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, that's just a taste of things to come. Uh, check that out if you haven't already. I, I repeat, check it out if you haven't already. Get yourself excited for this new Mandalore release. They are good. They always will be. I know. <laughs> Well deserved. I'm I know this. <laughs> Irish Voodoo picked them up. Irish Voodoo put out several great releases over the last couple of years. Oh yeah, got um, a lot of. They have a lot of friends in Irish Voodoo, particularly the Project Sellout guys. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into some new music. One that just outside of the realm there. So January seventh. Yep. Just uh, just uh, over a week ago. What was it? Twelve days ago. On the at the time of this recording, mind you. Right. <laughs> yep. The band was given to me by the drummer of Soldiers of Destruction, John Feeney. And these guys are called Talking Bombs. Yeah. 
you know, just the just the <laughs> usual bullshit one goes about, <laughs> which, yeah, in this uh, type of uh, this type of a uh, lyrical uh, projection, yeah, of course this stuff comes up a lot, <laughs> right? Oh man. Anyway, they too are signed to uh, uh, to SOD's label, Americant Records, and obviously play with each other a lot. And yeah, talking bombs. John sent them to me via uh, via messenger, saying, "Hey, these guys are about to drop an album. I'm giving you the uh, a file of the masters. Check it out, and uh, if you like it, um, maybe just uh, give a shout out to them on the show." So here you are, John. If you are listening, <laughs> which I hope you are, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a message. I'll tell you. <laughs> here is the. Here is one of the latest songs from Talking Bombs. I did like the album, and I specifically like this song. Uh, album name, by the way, Super Intense Lullabies. And the song in question, Rock and Roll Parasite. Jane and such Stand up one more time Or screw we go 
play some talking bombs. Happy? Yes, I am actually because <laughs> I didn't know of them before you put them on. And I heard that track earlier and I really like it. And as soon as I get some more time, because I've got a long list of shit i got to get to as far as music goes. But that is definitely getting added to the list. I definitely want to check out more of that release. I, oh, I yeah. enjoyed it. And I was curious because they've played some shows with Soldiers of Destruction. Makes sense that they're signed to American Records based out of Las Vegas. So I was curious, like, how close is Bullhead City in Arizona? It's less than two-hour drive to Las Vegas. There you go. It's about an hour and 40 minutes, according to what I was looking at. Yeah, keeping the, keeping the network a little tight-knit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John, for uh, sharing this, uh, uh, this lovely release from a lovely band. And, yeah, this one kind of uh, got my attention because you hear that intro. It is very, very similar to uh, Separation of Church and Skate okay. by No Effects. Nice. Yeah, it's just like that that kind of that kind of faux surf rock type sound. So yeah, that's about the only similarity that they have with no effects. Yeah, I said no effects more in that pop punk area or skate punk ish. Yeah, somewhere definitely pop punk skate punk, but these guys definitely went more street punk. Yep, very much so. Yeah, so. Kind of funny how you can uh, rip off riffs, more or less, and just make the projection incredibly different. True. <laughs> yep. So, good on you, Talking Bombs. I hope to see more of you. And I hope to hear more of you. Keep going with what you're doing. I love it. Well, along those lines, not the ripping off riffs lines, but (laughs) (laughs) along the lines of tracks shared with us, uh, a few weeks ago, Rotten Bastard Records... Uh, Albie's been sharing stuff, but this in this case, Wynn, because it's Wynn's band, uh, Schism, they're releasing a new album that's nine tracks, eight tracks plus a cover, and it's coming out on January 28th. It's going to be on Rotten Bastard Records, of course, but they shared it, been listening to it off and on for a couple weeks, wanted to play it a little closer to the release date, so next Friday, so you have about a week and a half, roughly, it'll be coming out, capitalized again as the release we played Schism numerous times, plus I always like to mention all the bands because the band Schism and Mad Mulligans are affiliated with so many other bands like The Craze, American Eagle, Ranch, all bands that we've played on the show. Uh, definitely in part two, having started playing, I don't remember which the first one was, whether it was Mad Mulligans or Schism, but over the last year we've played all of those bands. Uh, I remember Mad Mulligans put out a new release January 1st of, tw- I think it was January 1st of 2021. Anyway... So many releases like this band, like this label, like everything uh, everybody is putting out here through Rotten Bastard Records. Uh, a couple weeks back, we played a new Mad Mulligans off their new one, Action Men. Now we have Capital Lies from Brooklyn, New York. We have Schism putting out Capital Lies. And uh, the funny thing is, and it just dawned on me, right? So it's capital, like the capital of a state or the capital of a country, and then the word lies, capital lies. But as I'm saying, capitalize so many times, it dawns on me it's the same as this track title, which is capitalize. Like, I see an opportunity, and I'm going to capitalize on it. Yup. So. And from that, you're going to, well, you're going to about do anything to protect that idea, even if it means lying. Right. <laughs> Funny enough, it just dawned on me, even though I've been uh, listening to it, I just I, it took me saying it, both the album title and the track title, <laughs> around the same time, I guess, uh, repeatedly. 
to figure that out. It's a little slow. So everybody else, you probably caught it. Now you're going to listen to it. Schism. The track is called Capitalize off of Capital Lies. <laughs> Schism, that was capitalized. Along the same yeah. lines, because uh, I told you before the show, Eric and I were having a warm-up discussion that went on uh, a bit longer <laughs> than, than we anticipated. About an hour, sure. Right? <laughs> and uh, we, we, you know, topics that that song discussed, you know, came up there. I, I really like that track. And again, I like it even more now that it's, uh, y- you know, the same thing as the title, just spelled differently. Yeah, <laughs> kind of cute. Puns are funny, right? <laughs> yeah, and I also really love the uh, low maintenance sound that's uh, coming through in this guy. Yeah, it's like you could just hear. It just sounds like it's being played on a practice amp in the same room. So uh, yeah, yeah, I gotta credit them for realism, right? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Schism. They're not trying to sound bigger than they really are. I know. It's cool. Uh, go check it out. It's coming out in a week and a half. I want to thank Wynn again. 
Uh, it was pretty cool. So check out the rest of the tracks. The other seven plus the cover, Run Around Sue, is the cover track that they did. So go check those out. Be on the lookout for it. We're going to get into another new track. Talked about it at the top of the show. Shared with us early. Uh, it kind of came and went last week. I would have liked to have played it last week because it came out last week on Friday. But nonetheless, within a week, Confront Stage is the band. They are out of St. Petersburg, Russia. They did get this sent off to me like two weeks ago, which is pretty awesome. I'm glad they shared it. Again, like I said, the single has two versions. So the lyrics in Russian, the lyrics in English uh, came out on the 15th. If you're unfamiliar with the band, well, I know I've played them here and over on Punkanoi Worldwide. They're pretty awesome. Some cool hardcore coming out of St. Petersburg. They started way back in 2013. Let's get into the song, the single, The Law in Your Head. Here is Confront Stage. <laughs> And I was away, that's the reason 
stage track oh there was a lot going on there yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah the yeah the whole uh speed in it the uh the uh gruffness and tone in uh in the lead singer's vocals and and yeah that little uh that little thrashy breakdown part and followed by the solo right after that it was taking a lot of turns in there that i was not expecting i'm like okay yeah great these are great contenders for the current hardcore scene and its current state of being. Right. So yeah. Come front stage, the law on your head, and some some other words in Russian that I cannot <laughs> pronounce. I think that's <laughs> or just, read. I, I think that I put that there. It's the the name of the track there, the law on your head, but I think it's in Russian. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But the uh yeah the fact still remains I'm pretty sure that a lot of their um, future releases are going to be in their Russian text. <laughs> yes, uh, and they're previous. They have a lot of previous releases, so go to their Bandcamp page, check them out. I think you won't. I think you only find this one on their Bandcamp. Maybe it's on Spotify too. I haven't checked on Spotify, but uh, if you like to get your music on sources such as iTunes and such, I don't believe it is there yet. So just go to their Bandcamp page. You can check it out. Plus, a lot of their other great releases. We want to thank the band for sharing it with us so we can check it out and play it here. It's pretty awesome. New single from Confront Stage. We're hoping, uh, you know, some more singles or EPs or even an LP here in the not-too-distant future. Eric, let's do some older, lesser-known tracks. What you pick? Well, I picked a band that is uh, certainly not lesser-known, but they have been in the news a lot lately for uh, not-so-lively not so circumstances. Right. <laughs> yeah, the band, if you are an old-school metalcore kid, uh, which, uh, yeah, I guess I kind of fall in that category, but I don't know. I listened to old-school metalcore. I just ha- wasn't listening to it at the time of its height. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are then you are aware of the band Every Time I Die. And you are also aware of the fact that they have since, as of this week, broken up as a band. Oh, man. They lived up to their namesake, and they have now died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Every Time I Die. This is the last time I die. I was joking around with a co-worker who is an actual old-school Metalhead, and I was playing the music on the speaker. He comes in, and he's just like, "Oh God, I haven't heard this in forever." <laughs> so he was rocking out, and we were making jokes about like if they they should have released a posthumous album. That yeah, this should they should have released it as "We Are Now Dead," <laughs> <laughs> and if they do a comeback, they should just uh, they should just take on the moniker every time I revive, right? <laughs> The album could have been called Every Time I Die uh, is officially dead. 
<laughs> Every Time I Die is officially dead. Yes. And just all the all the song titles would just be references to funerals or like a, I don't know, fus- funeral p- procession. Uh, a wounded pallbearer or something like that. <laughs> or... Uh, or burping through a eulogy. I don't know. Some type of goofy song title that you can put there. Which, if you're not aware of Every Time I Die, they were part of that huge second wave of American metalcore. They were contemporaries with the likes of Kill Switch Engage and Converge and As I Lay Dying. They were all along that way. But what they were doing was bringing in... They were... I should point out they are from Buffalo, but they were heavily influenced by a lot of Southern rock sound and bringing that sort of uh, guitar progression and mixing it in with, uh, mixing it in with a lot of the mathy riffs and off, off kiltered drum rhythms, the likes of which were being emphasized by Converge, picking up what Snapcase was putting down, all that type of stuff, stringy riffs, everything, and a lot of breakdowns, but it was all encased in these song in these song titles and these album titles with really stupid names. <laughs> I mean the album that I <laughs> the song from the album that I will be talking about, the album is called Hot Damn with an exclamation point at the end of it. A couple others are inclusive of Romeo Agogo or Floater or Hit the Hit of the Search Party, <laughs> Pornography. Nice. It's that type of stuff, and if you do a bit of a deep dive on metalcore, there are bands within metalcore and also going into post-hardcore that love to have stupid names like that. Bands like The Devil Wears Prada, they had songs like Texas is South or Hey John, What's Your Name Again? <laughs> the band Chiodos had one like, if it's is a progression if a cannibal uses a fork, or when <laughs> piano keys become teeth. <laughs> or God, uh, uh, there was one more that was really good. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but yeah. Every Time I Die, they were the, I don't know if they were the first to do that, but they it was really interesting. They have these songs and these album titles that on the surface look really stupid. You kind of think, oh, they're a parody band. They're, uh, they're just kind of making fun of the, of, yeah, they're just kind of making fun of, by the overt, uh, man, what's the word I want to say? The hoity-toitedness or the, uh, I don't know, nose-in-the-air attitude. Just kind of like a, oh, look at us. Look at how deep we are type of thing. <laughs> but then you actually go and read the lyrics and it's like, oh, my God, these guys are actually really intelligent. <laughs> or at least the lyricist is. And, yeah, the... Uh, yeah, you look at the lyrics. It's actually, in my opinion, quite ingenious to have a song title. The one that I chose today, Ebola Rama. Ebola Rama. Okay, what is this song about? And yeah, here is the first line from it. Boys, shoot to thrill from the hip. It's time we put the act in action. We've tricked the pigs into thinking that this auction is a pageant. In no time, there will be makeup on our new set of cutlery. The livestock, the livestock is starstruck. They're all salivating like ravenous cartoons. Goddamn animal, you better watch where you spit. <laughs> yeah, they're actually a little. The lyrics are pretty damn poignant, and they're very opaque. 
there's just I had to read through these lyrics like uh, three times over just to kind of get the idea. I actually had to go on like a subreddit of people commenting what it actually was about. And I will get into what it's about, but I want to play the song first. And I would I would like to, uh, not influence, just kind of, uh, I'm skipping on the damn word. <laughs> uh, oh, had it, then I lost it. <laughs> okay, just to pull up the lyrics. Listen to this song and read along with the lyrics and see if you can find what the meaning behind this song is. I know what it is. I know what it's uh, putting across, but read the lyrics and I guess uh, not tell me what you think, but just uh, just think to yourself what it is. <laughs> Here is uh, Every Time I Die's Ebola Rama. <laughs>
you. That was the damn word I was looking for. <laughs> I <laughs> urge you. you to listen to this song whilst reading the lyrics. And that is something I hope that you did. <laughs> right? So yeah, even I was following along with it. And yes, if you were reading the lyrics and if you were basing it off of the first lyrics that I was telling you, it was talking about the disease Ebola, which is which is a disease that is transmitted from a uh, what is it? Exchange of body fluids, mostly from animal to human. At probably the biggest of which would be cows. <laughs> anyway, so that's how that's how Ebola is uh, transmitted, and really, it's just a it's just a comparison to to what the rest of the narrative is, which is just a bunch of a bunch of rock and roll stalwarts out on the town just uh, looking for the next girl to lay. <laughs> and they're comparing that mindset to the disease Ebola. It spreads like wildfire. <laughs> so, yeah. And you can really get that in the uh, in the final lines down here. I think, uh, I think probably the best one is like, When in Rome, we shall do as the Romans. When in hell, we do shots at the bar. Last call. Kill it. <laughs> Where it's like, come on, let's get... Let's get moving. And then there's just other things like uh, it's the rush that cockroaches get at the end of the world. It's all right. There's a pail by the bed if you need it, but you're doing just fine. <laughs> just, my God. <laughs> and uh, probably this is the rock and roll takeover. Living each day one night at a time. There are mercy fucks. There was blood. You should have been there by my side. <laughs> so, yeah, it's basically just uh, taking that the idea of the rock and roll teenage dream and just bringing it down to reality in a way where it's like, you know what you're doing is actually pretty disgusting, right? <laughs> kind of, it's kind of messed up. So, so yeah, basically what I was also getting across is the opacity of the lyrics and how you really have to sit on them and just kind of analyze them. And this was in part to uh, Keith Buckley, their lead singer, who was actually in, uh, uh, in, what is it, UD? It was, he was in university. We will say that. I forget which one it is. But he was in university, and he was majoring in English. So at the time of this album's, uh, at the process of this album's creation, he was taking six literature classes. Wow. Six literature classes. So he was getting into a lot of Shakespeare, a lot of John Donne, and a lot of uh, Geoffrey Chaucer. Just uh, all the great writers of our time. So he was absorbing all of that literary knowledge, and he was just putting it back into the music. Cool. So, yeah, they are coming from a very intelligent place. Right? <laughs> yep, every time I die. And now they are dead. Well, hopefully they'll be back. I'd like to have them back. I've only seen them once, man. <laughs> and they're fun. They're really fun. They're fun musicians. They're fun people. They're a fun band. Fun music. Just, uh, yeah, like I said, all those weird little mathy rhythms and all that. And just how crazy those lyrics can be. Yeah, it's if you just read them out loud, sounds like a slam poem. <laughs> yeah. So... Every time I die, R.I.P. But we will see you 
We will see you again. We hopefully you live up to your namesake. You just uh, look back on this one. Oh yeah, that one time we died. I would say that every time I die implies that you keep coming back as well. Yeah, probably. Right? <laughs> Otherwise you would just be dead and you wouldn't there wouldn't be an every time. Yeah. So maybe. Just maybe. Yeah. And the breakup of this one, it was uh it's a little it's a little vague. Some people were saying it was uh they came across as communication problems. In other articles they said it was uh, legal troubles, uh or legal disputes between between the members of the bands. There's just a there's just a whole thing going on there. And it's not really straightforward in in either way. All we know is that it one of those things, if not both of them, caused the band to break up. Maybe it was a third party influence. We don't know, right? They're just not a they're not a thing anymore. At least not right now. I like to hope that they will come back, but <laughs> you know, I say that about every band that has broken up that I love. Uh, which uh, which yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but in the but in the meantime, there's still plenty of bands from there from that wave of metalcore that are still kicking today, and they're kicking hard, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, they still got plenty of fan base. Well, maybe they'll get together, reunite for something. Who knows? Yeah, we will see. Maybe they'll be one of those uh, uh, one of those festival bands. Yeah. Probably see them reunite at This Is Hardcore. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I can just picture that now. Every time I die, back from the dead. <laughs> well, it'd be cool if they came back with uh, every time I revive. Is that what you said? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> every time I revive. All right. After that, I got one. And I, like I said last time, I have uh, several bands just on a list, and they're not newer stuff, but it's just stuff I enjoyed. So I figured when I have available spots, I'm going to plug them in. And this week, uh, a band that I came across, I don't even know where they're from specifically, I didn't didn't see that, but the band is called Countdown to Life. Uh, I thought their sound kind of fit in with some of the other tracks that we have on this episode, so that's why I picked this one amongst the list that I have that I'm going through. The album is called Govern Yourself Accordingly, and it was their last release. They started as a band in December of 2001. They put a release out, an LP, in 2003. They did a split with the band 33, and that's 30 spelled out with the number 3, in 2004, and then they had this. So that was all the releases. I didn't see any more. Uh, not a lot of other information out there that I saw about them. But I do like their music. Definitely uh, want to play it here, and maybe other people will get to check it out and realize that they like it too. So here we go. This is Countdown to Life. July 12th of 2005, they put out Govern Yourself Accordingly, the track that I picked. A lot of good ones on this one. Uh, Beach Patrol. I was going to pick one called Beach Patrol, but I just couldn't come to picking Beach Patrol. But I really like it. I thought <laughs> it was a cool sound. So I went with this one instead. It's called Love Song. <laughs> Take over! Now I can't dance 
fan or did you know of that band previously? Countdown to Life, I feel like that's a name that I have heard. It sounds like a very hardcore name. Right? <laughs> Especially in today's day and age. But but yeah, I can honestly say I never listened to them. But yeah, it sounds like something I would constantly have on my playlists. Right? <laughs> if had there been any. But yeah, I did like I like that. I liked where this was coming from. They have a bunch of really cool songs. Uh, I think you were talking about when we were talking about Every Time I Die and having theme songs that were related to that. Well, like the first three tracks on Countdown to Life all were Countdown to Something or something related to the band's name on this album. <laughs> so uh, govern yourself accordingly. I recommend checking it out. Love songs, pretty cool. And uh, I was going to play Beach Patrol. is a little bit shorter. But, I don't know, it just seemed weird to, like, hey, we're playing Beach Patrol. It's not a beach <laughs> band or a surf punk band, everybody. It's just called Beach Patrol, but it's a cool song. Yeah, maybe they just really love Baywatch. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Go check it out. Check out that band, Countdown to Life. Let's talk about some uh, great cover-to-cover albums after we talk about <laughs> some live shows and stuff like that coming up. You know that time. <laughs> Eric, what do you got? Well... Haven't been to a live show this last week. Me neither. I think the, the closest <laughs> of which was seeing the new Scream movie in theaters. How was that? I, it was fine. It was it was fun. It's just a uh, yeah. If you're familiar with the Scream franchise, you know that they like uh, harp on harp on horror movies and sort of like a uh, you know they're making fun of themselves. Right. And that was that was Sam Raimi's uh, whole shtick on there, and. And yeah, of course, Sam Ra- not I'm sorry, not Sam Raimi, Wes Craven. Okay. He was the, that was the guy. Yeah, Sam Raimi did the, gosh, <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. He did Evil Dead, which in and of itself made fun of it, made right? fun of the slasher things. But yeah, Wes Craven, uh, Scream was a phenomenon back in the 90s because it was the, it was the calling card. It was that decades, uh. You know, it was that decade's Friday the 13th or Halloween. The franchises in the 80s were either dead or worse, having gone on way too long. Right. <laughs> so no one was getting excited about Michael Myers. No one was getting excited about Freddy or Jason or anything like that. So in comes Ghostface. In right. comes Scream. And yep, that thing pumped out sequels galore. Okay, maybe not galore. It only had like four I think, For sure four. I think I watched four. I don't know if they made any after, but I think those prompted the Wayne's Brothers spoofing series. It did. It really <laughs> did. The, it was the scary movie that made the scary movie franchise. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, for better or for worse. But, <laughs> but yeah, Scream was incredibly popular. It was a franchise, and people look back on it like, a, yeah, it's corny as hell now. It's just it's just baked in that whole 90s cheese but that's what people were really into. It was kind of like the slasher films are dying. But Wes Craven just kind of went for broke and was just like, yeah, they are dying. They are dead. So let's just uh, revive it a little bit. But by nudging it in the ribs with our elbows, just like a, huh? Eh? So yeah, that spirit is kept very much alive in this uh, in this film. And this is Scream's return to theater. The franchise, it... It came out on a on an original series. It went for like a two or three seasons and had like a finale movie. And I saw that whole series. It was great. It was an entire neat, an entirely new cast, a whole new cast of teenagers with the uh, uh, with the same thing happening. Another ghost face, just with a different mask. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. So new Halloween thing, right? Because that for Halloween's to to follow that the Scream series starting, that was definitely a popular costume or at least mask rather. Oh, there really yeah. wasn't much to the costume, like a, a black just a black cloak. robe. Yeah, yeah. and uh, then the mask, but the mask super popular uh, for years to come. Oh yeah, I. So many kids that I went to elementary school with were dressed up as Scream, <laughs> but but yeah, it is the mask. And at at that elementary school, it's like don't wear mask, don't wear mask. It's like yeah, fuck off. But <laughs> so the kids were just coming in with these black cloaks. It's like oh, what are you supposed to be? I'm a Scream, uh, the killer from Scream. Okay, I believe you. I guess <laughs> so. It's like you can paint your face, I guess, but honestly, the mask is what makes it. You know. Everyone remembers the mask from Halloween. Everyone remembers the mask from Friday the 13th. And everyone remembers the mask from Scream. And onward, everyone remembers the mask from Saw. Everyone remembers the little puppet. (laughs) Yeah, and that was the other, like, huge franchise that kind of uh, reanimated the whole slasher motif. Bringing in the whole torture methods put into there. Right. Yeah, but Saw is a different beast all in of its own. uh, Trying to keep the idea of Scream... The new Scream, yep they they bring back the some of the actors from the uh, from the original one. Like they bring back the reporter played by Courtney Cox. They br- bring back Neve Campbell, the original victim of right. of Ghostface. They also bring back the guy who played uh, uh, I can't remember his first name, but Loomis, the guy who was turned out to be the killer. Which one was it? Was it Matthew Lillard? Matthew or... Lillard and yeah, there were two of them. Skeet Ulrich. Was he the other one? No, nah, it wasn't Skeet. It was, uh... And then David... Oh, wait, I don't... Yeah, I don't remember the actor's name, but... Let me... Let me Google Courtney this. Courtney Cox's ex-husband. Why can't I think of his name right now? David... Uh, Arquette. There we go. All of those folks... Those were three people that were, like, the, the bigger characters along with... The yeah, name. David Arquette. He was... He, that was Dewey, the yep. sheriff. Yeah, Courtney Cox was Gale and... Yeah, they had some of those guys coming back and re reprising their rule, their their rules, their <laughs> roles. Yeah, Skeet Ulrich, he was Billy Loomis. Okay. That, yeah, and not to not to spoil anything, he does come back as a figment of one of the characters. So yeah, Billy Loomis, he's dead. That is canon. He died in the, you know, in the first uh, wave of all these killings. <laughs> You know, so he come, but he comes back as a figment of one of the new characters. There's a whole new set of teens who are, you know, at least I think they are teens. They're played by, of course, adult actors. So it's like 20 something year olds pretend to be uh, 17 year olds. Right. Yeah. So that gets pretty distracting, but eh, what can you do? So yeah, there's that whole like uh, who done it thing and they do hide it pretty well. One of which I believe is pretty obvious, but you have all the ones right there. You have the uh, you have the one who's suspicious of everybody. You have the practical one that's pointing out, like, this is exactly how it happens in the movies. And then you have the one where it's like uh, they got a bit of a history of the killer's past. <laughs> yeah. But they do some stuff where it's like it's updated a bit. Like, it's uh, it updated with the times. It starts off the exact same way. A, a teenage girl is home alone. She gets a phone call. Somebody... And it's that voice, do you like scary movies? And yeah, then the, she starts rattling off the films that have came off in the pa- that have come off in the past decade that are popular now, including like uh, The Witch and It Follows and you know, 
those types of things. So okay. it's just kind of like a, hey, hey, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, nice. so yeah, it's very much a retread in the plot, but it's, like I said, it's self-aware. Even to the point where I think they're just kind of using it as a crutch, just kind of hammering it in too much. Um, but one thing I got to point out, I love the cinematography of it. I love how each shot is meant to make you think that there's someone going to be coming around the corner. Or like, you open up the door, and then when you close it, boom, there's the killer. Just right behind the door the whole time. <laughs> yeah, or The whole little medicine cabinet thing with the mirror. You close the medicine cabinet, and boom, he's behind you. Nice. Yeah, they, but they poke fun at that. It's just like, even one where the guy's... The, one of the kids going around the kitchen, opening doors, closes it, and it just builds up, like, fake out. But then he does it again, fake out. It's like, oh, God damn it, stop blue balls at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I do love the cinematography in it. And, and yeah, there's even little nods, like, uh, of course, Wes Craven, he passed away, like, uh, I can't remember what year, but it was recently. It was a few years ago. So, of course, it didn't have his touch on it. So, but people were like given, uh, given some nods to him. Like there is literally a street in the town that is called Elm Street. Nice. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and also in the beginning where the, the killer's making the call and he's, and then it's like, you gotta answer these questions correctly or your friend dies. That, that little shtick. The first question, the warm up question and he asks is like, who was the sole survivor of all the of all the teens in the original Nightmare on Elm Street movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yes, we love you, Wes Craven. Thank you for doing what you have done. <laughs> so, so yeah, there, there we go. We got a bit of a film review in place of a, in place of a show story. <laughs> well, any shows, like uh, tonight, it's not going to do anybody good because by the time you hear this, they're already playing. But Mariachi El Bronx is playing... In uh, Solana Beach, California, tonight, Wednesday, the 19th. So hopefully if you are anywhere near there, you got to go see Mariachi El Bronx. Mm. How about you? Any shows uh, coming up here in the next week or so that y you want to plug, talk about? Yeah. Yeah, I'll plug it. I'll plug a few right now. There's one that is uh, tomorrow. The Yeah. Or tonight. You'll probably be listening to this tomorrow. That is Thursday. So... <laughs> Regardless, the 20th, right? January fucking 20th, that the venue Black Lung Society, the band from Boise called Texas Ketamine, okay, will be playing along with Mummy and Skullfuck. Cool. And then, and then the following day, yep, on the uh, 21st at Aces, the bands Tact, Violent Unrest, Suffocator, and Seinfeld BC will be playing that stage. And finally, on the 27th at the Metro, this is a bit more of a uh, metal show, but there's some thrashy in, thrashy crossover influence in a few of these bands. That's uh, including bands like uh, Extinction AD, and also the uh, more hardcore-infused death metal of Creeping Death. And then you have, they're opening up for Last 10 Seconds of Life, Life and Cattle Decapitation, which are... Not punk or hardcore at all, <laughs> but you know, punks and metalheads—they—they they often cross paths. There's a lot of punks who are metalheads and vice versa. So, yeah, if you love all the death metal type shit, and if you like all the little thrashy, crazy stuff like that, yeah, you'll probably see a few uh, spiky jackets out there. Nice. So, 
So yeah, that's all I got. Those are all the shows that are coming up, none of which are canceled yet. Touch wood. Right. <laughs> well, ho- here's some that hopefully aren't canceled. I didn't get any updates, but uh, on January 22nd, uh, Beton Army, Dino's Boys, Violent Way, and Diamond Dogs are playing in Philadelphia. It's $10 in advance, $12 at the door. So go check that one out. That's coming up this weekend. I got a couple more. There's a big one. I think it's a big one. I wish I was there. Uh, I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, the 29 Cherry Street Station in Wallingford, Connecticut. I've been there. Uh, M13, Freezing Process, Cry Havoc, and The Rats will be playing. I'll talk more about that one again next week. Uh, TSOL has got a show with Reagan Youth, Noogie, and Reno Divorce. Coming up this Friday, January 21st at The O, or The O, maybe it's The O. O is kind of close to the E. So probably the O. Oh, yep, there we go. It's the Oriental Theater. So at the Oriental Theater in Denver, Colorado, you'll get to see TSOL, Reagan Youth, Noogie, and Reno Divorce. That's going to be a good show right there. So if you're in Denver, make sure you get to that one this weekend. And final, well, let's see, when is this one? Or is this one a little bit further? Oh, that one's the 29th. We'll get to that one next week. This one, the 40 Fest. It's going to be in Atlanta. It's January 21st and 22nd. It's still on at this point, so get to the show. I know bands are already leaving to get to it. Lower Class Brats, Monster Squad, Antagonizers, ATL, Starving Wolves, Wrecked. Rotten Stitches, Strike First, Tank Rats, Billy Bats, and The Made Men, The Breaks, The Horribles, Dead 77, The Hanging Judge, Handy Capitalists, Moose Knuckle, Nervous Aggression. I think I've got them all. There's several flyers out there. I see another flyer that has the queers on there, and this other flyer did not, so I don't know if the queers, maybe they were replaced. Uh, either way, the majority of those bands we played on the show, I recommend going and checking out this show if you're anywhere near Atlanta. Over 16 bands on two different days. They're going to be doing food trucks, art, vendors, all kinds of cool stuff. So definitely something to get out there too. Brought to us by Dirty South Booking, which they do a lot of shows there in Atlanta. So go check them out. Uh, There'll be another fest next week. Uh, We'll talk more about that, but it's going to be... In, uh, I can't even tell where it is on this flyer, but Gen Y, if you like the band Gen Y Official, go follow them. You can see the flyer. I'll talk more about it next week. That's all I've got for shows coming up for this week. Eric, let's get into our great cover to cover albums. What do you got? Oh, I got a band that has, as far as my knowledge goes, released one album, and they are a Wisconsin. I would. I would like to say crust punk with elements of power violence and grindcore. That band is called War Torn. Awesome. Oh, War Torn. These guys, man, they are some of the heaviest Midwestern, uh, insert prefix here, core bands <laughs> <laughs> to, have, uh, to have graced this musical landscape. And yes, the iconic Nightmare is their album. Yeah, the one album I know of as of as of late. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, I've been spinning the iconic nightmare a couple uh, a couple of times this last week, and I just forgot. Oh man, how good these guys were! 
And I I mostly kept being reminded of this band because there was a flyer of when they played here years ago that I had hanging up on my wall for many years, and it was constantly staring at me in the face. I'm like, you missed us. You missed us. I'm like, I know. (laughs) So, yeah, and especially now, I actually got... uh, I actually got recommended this band by uh, by a punk rock kid who I actually shared a math class with in uh, college. Yeah, kind of odd circumstances of which we met, but <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was involved in the punk rock scene, and he asked me to check, and he was like, "Check out this band. I think you'll like them." I mean, this is about as metal as I get when it comes to listening to this type of music. I don't listen to metal, but. These guys, they have metal elements, but they're not a metal band. I'm like, okay. And you will hear it in the one of the songs that I chose here, Knee Deep in Blood. This one's got a lot of thrash influence. It's got the it's got those speedy rhythms. It's got that uh, it's got those chugga chug parts, and it even has a guitar solo. Not too uh, not too far off from the uh, song you played from Confront Stage. Okay. Con- Confront Stage. Yes. God. Weird little enunciation patterns in here. <laughs> so yeah, here is one of the uh, here is one of the songs from War Torn's iconic nightmare. That song being "Knee Deep in Blood." Yeah, that's uh, Knee Deep in Blood, one of the shorter cuts of this record. And and yeah, like I said, you hear that kind of, uh, you kind of hear that thrashy motif on there. It's like, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a DRI was not too far from somebody's mind when writing that song. <laughs> <laughs> and I say DRI because, yeah, they kept it fast, but they kept it simple. Much like these guys. They keep it fast, they keep it simple, but they keep it really dark, you know? Uh, with a song title like Knee Deep in Blood, and of course, holding true to the band's name, War Torn, of course they're going to have a lot of songs that talk about, you know, uh, rebellion and just the just the frontline assault and the outcome 
of pretty much any high-level, top-tier battle that people are fighting. And, yeah, you get that a little bit more in the next song that I chose, All Flags Still Burn. This one is a bit a bit slower. It's got more of a uh, drudge to it, and it's got a bit more groove. But I tell you, it definitely hits a lot harder. So here is All Flags Still Burn.
So yeah, maybe not a lot of uh, as much drudge as I was leading on, but it does come out and it does hold a, a big chunk of the song, more or less. So, yeah, like I, like I said, they have a lot of elements coming in from uh, the sides of, uh, yeah, the aforementioned uh, tangents of punk rock, including crust and power violence and grind, as well as stuff from the metal side. And it just came in this uh, perfect uh, concoction of grit, as well as speed, and reserved beats, we'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> and just overall raucousness, or raucousness? I never really knew how else to say that. Raucousness? I would go with that one. That one's yeah. uh, I've heard said more that way. Yeah, they bring the ruckus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the rockingness, and uh, that is what is created of War Torn. Awesome. So yeah, War Torn, Iconic Nightmare. Check out the rest of the album. These two tracks happen to be right next to each other. Yes, like, they uh, did. <laughs> yep. And uh, I don't like for for that to happen because the rest of the album is good. It's just the certain segment of the album I liked better than the rest. <laughs> but yeah, that shouldn't dissuade you from checking out the rest of it. Check out the rest of it. Check out their Bandcamp, and you can find it on all the streaming platforms. We will get to that at the end of the episode. Yes, the next one is Dead 77. That's who I picked there. They released their album Demons January 7th. So, yes, finally uh, th that came out. And I say finally because we did an interview back on episode 237, so about 10 episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, and that was back in mid-November with Jorge and talked about Dead 77 and the music coming up. And we played... A handful of the tracks. So if you want to go back to episode 237, you can hear the interview we did with Jorge, listen to a couple other tracks that also come out on Demons. Again, Demons came out January 7th. If you didn't tune into that interview, they're an uh, awesome street punk band out of LA. There's definitely some cool history there in the interview. So go back and listen to the interview if you didn't. Let's get into a couple more tracks off the album. I was yeah. uh, pleased when it finally came out because you know we only got to hear a couple of the tracks. And I was really like those, really anticipated the rest. There's a lot of tracks to listen to. So let's get into one. We'll see what you think. This, in addition to all the other ones that we've played, Watch Myself Die is this track. Again, the band is Dead 77. And that uh, 40 Fest in Atlanta, you might have heard me mentioning that yep. they were on that bill. So <laughs> I might be hear. listening to them play this weekend. If you're in Atlanta and going to 40 Fest, here's something that you can anticipate Watch myself die.
Oh, yeah, that's some good stuff so far. <laughs> right? It's good. I had a hard time picking the tracks. Jorge sent a couple over, uh, you know, to check out over Spotify. Like, hey, have you checked these ones out there yet on the album? And I did go with one of those, which is, I think it's the next one. And then I just listened to it all, and there were so many great ones. Mm. Of course, the three tracks we'd previously played, and then... If you're familiar with the interview or the band, they re-recorded some of the uh, previous tracks that they put out uh, years ago, and some of those re-recordings are also on there, so there's there's a lot of great stuff to choose from. Let's listen to one more. I really like this one as well. This one is Civiliz- Civilization's Dying. So, yeah, was, I don't know why that was... <laughs> Watch Myself Die, Civilization's Dying, Every Time I Die. There's a lot of death... In this episode. Yes. Number 247. 247, yes, indeed. Whose very initials add up to the number 13. <laughs> so, great. <laughs> look into it. Look for it. Uh, here you go. This is Civilization's Dying Dead 77. <laughs> Dying, that was Dead 77. Oh, that's a great one. Right. Very lively band, I will say that. And the in their output, it just makes you want to it just makes you want to pogo, makes you want to run around the circle, makes you want to do all that fun stuff that we used to do at punk shows. Right. Well, uh, people are still doing it. I'm talking me, respectively, because I don't really do much anymore. Well, they've been playing a lot of great shows recently. They played one of the club shows at punk rock bowling. Uh, they played a big festival, I think it was back in December, in Houston. Uh, I think they did one somewhere right around the interview. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of in Houston, plus this one in Atlanta. Uh, they're getting on some great bills. They're from L.A., and you know we're talking about Houston. Las Vegas, obviously, isn't too far to travel, but 
Houston and Atlanta. I mean, geez, you should get out and check these band, this band mm-hmm. out uh, if you're going to be there in Atlanta this weekend. Make sure you get there to see them. Dead 77 Demons is the album. It's a good one, and I'm glad that it came out. And uh, the interview with Jorge was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, it was a fun one. It was so hard to latch him down to like, okay, can we start the interview? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. But I got to say one thing, Civilization's Dying, it's actually, uh, uh, it was actually kind of a facsimile to what we were talking about prior to the episode. Right. Especially in the chorus, the, you know, the, what is it, the Pope, the President, the rich rock star made a lot of money. They all have, yeah, they all have one thing in common. They, they are not one of us. <laughs> Right. Weird how I, I flocked to tracks like this one and what were the other ones capitalized from Schism, you know? Weird how uh, those ones speak to me, and that's the, that's the discussion that we were having. I know. I mean, I, I even said this as a kind of an end cap, as like, a, yeah, we were talking about... Yeah, we were talking about the problems. Now we're going to talk about the reactions to those problems. Right? <laughs> so... And yeah, this one's been pretty, yeah, most of this episode, the tracks uh, within have been pretty, uh, pretty consecutive along those lines. Right. <laughs> I agree. And uh, yep, definitely right, definitely right here. Civilization's dying. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> I love it. And the, yeah, I love it. The people up on top, they are not one of us. That is one, yeah, that is quoting a very... A very well-known song from uh, from a the lovely power violence band Nails. You will never be one of us. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So I'll never forget. Well, so, now yeah. that we covered all of those bands, let's do some non-punk bands and wrap up the show. What do you have for us? I have uh, something that came to mind when... Uh, I remember like uh, last episode or the episode before that, we were kind of making fun of what ukulele metal would sound like <laughs> yeah and then i remembered oh wait it fucking exists <laughs> by way of uh the lovely metal youtubers rob scallon and sarah longfield um who do like a certain uh play-by-plays rob scallon got very famous or i, I don't want to say famous but youtube famous we will say for doing like the uh banjo covers of rock and metal songs cool so yeah he's done a lot of stuff like that and then he called uh, he collaborated with Sarah Longfield of doing uh, ukulele covers of metal songs. And, and yeah, they're not recorded on album per se, but you can find them on YouTube. The, a couple of them are like, uh, uh, are like comedy skits. They have them set up that way. And that's the thing about these, uh, about these two in their channels, both Sarah and Rob. They have a certain way, a comedic presentation of their songs. They make it entertaining. It's not just them sitting down in front of a camera just like, so this is how you play this scale, and this is how you follow it up with this certain little cadence right here. You want to make sure you keep it in key. It, yeah. How how interested were you in be given that example? Probably, <laughs> you probably slept for five seconds. <laughs> but these guys, they like to give it, they create a sort of art form out of their uh, critique or their informational videos. And this one just happens to be really funny. So... So yeah, these uh, these videos, I urge you, I remembered it this time, <laughs> I urge you to watch these videos. There's only two of them, but they have a few more where it's just uh, 
Rob and Sarah in the studio, and they're just like banging away on the ukes, and just like, yeah, we're having fun. But the ones, the Sunday uke group, the uke group, <laughs> just two videos of them sitting in a little, uh, what looks like a yoga studio that they rented out for like an hour on Sunday just to like uh, go over and share the songs that they played on the ukulele. And then along come Sarah and Rob, and they're the only metalheads there. And they're like, yeah, well, we got something a little different. And what they have currently is the song Payback, originally by Slayer. And, yeah, Sarah Longfield, she's got one hell of a voice on her. She, she just killed it in this one. So, with that being said, here is Payback. Not originally by Slayer, the reimagined ukulele version of it. <laughs> You 
So yeah, another reason to uh, watch the video is <laughs> the influence behind why they are singing that song in the Uke group. And yeah, there is a person named Cheryl in there. I won't give away the reason, but it is pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, these these two guys, they are very hilarious. Rob Scallon and Sarah Longfield. I will say like, uh, yeah, they do kind of uh, playthroughs and one of which was a joke. I remember Rob Scallon was doing like a song, doing a one note song. And it was basically him putting a capo on his guitar and then creating a whole song just to play in one note, cut, and then another note, cut. And then he would flip the, move the capo wherever it needed just to create the song. So how he presented this is he just always was staring dead face into the camera with a pick behind him and his guitar hanging up on a, on a holster. And with every note change, the setting changed and his and pretty much his attire would change. Everything would just be different in every single shot wow. per note. So that's what I mean by the presentation being so key in videos like this. Likewise, Sarah Longfield did like a little playthrough of a of some tech death song. I think it was a job for a cowboy song. And she was just sitting there playing the notes, just shredding along. And the next thing you know, it cuts to her sitting on the toilet and then sitting in the bathroom. Then sitting on her porch, just going through different areas of her house. <laughs> or just sitting in bed while her boyfriend's uh, asleep, most likely. And <laughs> just playing the song <laughs> like it was nothing. Again, presentation. Check out both of these guys' YouTube channels and uh, and also the music that they create. Rob Scallon doesn't really create his own music, per se. Uh, but Sarah Longfield does. She's got her own, uh, she's got her own musical... Uh, I'm skipping on words today. She's got her <laughs> own musical. Like yeah, her own musical projects. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, but they don't sound they don't sound like this. <laughs> uh, she's more proggy, genty uh, type stuff. Kind of a metal body music. Okay. Yeah, a lot softer, and her voice is uh, also a lot softer. <laughs> yeah, but what she hand she really held her own. In this one. So yeah, check out the rest of those videos if you like what you heard. And if you didn't like what you heard, check it out for the comedy. <laughs> nice. Will do. Yeah. Uh, I definitely am interested in checking out the videos. They, they sound pretty awesome. Yeah. Entertaining. <laughs> they're incredibly entertaining. And they're short. <laughs> they're about <laughs> a song's length. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so that's what I got. Um, you want to close us out, Dustin? Yeah, another 80s band. I got a handful of them left to go, and this one right here is the band Yaz. They are an English synth-pop duo from Essex in the UK, specifically Basildon in Essex. Uh, the band in the UK is known as Yazoo, but for whatever reason, when they became more popular and then were going to come to America, they decided in America that they would stylize the name as Yazoo or Yaz instead of Yazoo. So that's what you get. Here in the US, you might know him as Yaz. In the UK, you might know him as Yazoo. It's the same band. <laughs> or if uh, or if you're of the younger generation, you may know him as Yaz. <laughs> there you go. 
formed in late 1981. They were formed by a former Depeche Mode songwriter by the name of Vince Clark. That's half of the synth pop duo part of Yaz. So if you like Depeche Mode, we played Depeche Mode here. I like Depeche Mode. Well, songwriter of Depeche Mode decided to get out and do his own band. This album, You and Me Both, was released in 1983, just a little bit over about a year and a half or so after the formation of the band. And the track that I want to play, again, with a lot of these 80s tracks that I'm playing, maybe not the most popular tracks. In most cases, I want to try to get some that weren't like their hitters or their number one singles, top ten singles, stuff like that, but still songs that I've enjoyed the, the track that I've picked probably is still pretty well known for Yaz, but I liked it. Came off of, I think this might have been their first album, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, uh, Nobody's Diary off of You and Me Both. Here we go with some Yaz, a.k.a. Yazoo. Just a second more I know I'll forget What I came here for My head was so full Of things to say But as I open my lips All my words slip away
that winds down. Man, I love the 80s. <laughs> a lot of love struck uh, people in the 80s. <laughs> right? I love the music. I love uh, a lot of great punk music was in the 80s. A lot of great metal music. A lot of transitions from just some different styles of music. And then the new wave, dark wave, uh, all the other whatever... You know, some of the shit falls under the classic rock category, I guess, at this point. But yeah. A lot of the goth rock and a lot of the uh, a lot of the first wave of alternative music, the post-punk, the post-hardcore, and, and of course, hip-hop really getting a name for itself out absolutely. there. Absolutely. Absolutely. The 80s, fuck, it was awesome. Great music there. I do still listen to some new wave, a.k.a. in this case, synth-pop. And whatever other styles that kind of fall under that 80s music category. Uh, on top of the punk and hardcore and metal and stuff that you would probably expect I would listen to from the 80s. <laughs> on top of all of that, I still listen to a lot of these. And uh, I want to pick you know a handful of favorites out there. That was Yaz, a.k.a. Yazoo. That wraps up the show. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music. Amazon Music, Player FM, and SLCPunkCast.com. You can find the bands on Instagram at Talking Bombs Band, at Schism NYC Punk, at Confront underscore Stage, at Dead 77 Official. The show's at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? Um, in a lot of places. Good. So get ready. <laughs> My personal Instagram is Scary Uncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. My band's Instagram is Anonymous underscore Band Official. And also, Heart of Dark, 801SLC. Those are the two bands I'm in. That's their Instagrams. Um, let's see. Yep. For the secondary podcast podcast network I am on, you can find Circle Pit Radio on Instagram at Assault City CP. You can find the Wrecked Podcast on there at Wrecked Cast. And you can find my respective podcast at Lead Melodies underscore podcast, which I remind you, the second episode is live. My review of Soldiers of Destruction's Cause and Effect album that came out July of last year. So if you want to hear me splurge about that in great detail for about 45 minutes, then, yep, give that a listen. Please. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> as far as Facebooks go... Uh, Anonymous is at Anonymous SLC, and our Bandcamp is, respectively, AnonymousSLC.Bandcamp.com. Um, for all the other podcasts, you can find uh, on Facebook, Circle Pit Radio, Wrecked Podcast, and Lead.Millies.Podcast.SLC, as well as everything being found on CirclePitRadio.com. And also, you can stream the podcast through Anchor.FM. That's where a lot of our... That's where a lot of our streaming takes place. I have to make a point to uh, to plug that okay. <laughs> from now on. And also, if you want to keep up with uh, what's going on in the SLC hardcore scene, follow the page that I run on Facebook at SLC Hardcore. There's flyers, there's tours, there's new and old releases, and just uh, just things that are all kept up within the Salt Lake community of the underground scene. Awesome. Bands can also be found on Facebook at Talking Bombs Band, at Schism Rocks, at Confront Stage, at Every Time I Die, at Countdown to Life, at Dead 77, and then Sarah Longfield is at sarah.longfield.music. Shows at SLC Punkcast. I want to thank all the bands that share their music with us. Everybody that continues to do so, we definitely listen to it. Some of them we get on quicker than others. 
just because we do, but definitely get to all of it eventually between this show and Punkanoi Worldwide. And in some cases, even over on Lead Melodies and anything <laughs> else that Eric might do. So feel free to reach out to either of us, share with us. We definitely will uh, listen and uh, check out the stuff. So, yeah. Eric, any final thoughts before we wrap the show up? Um, really? Uh, yeah, we were talking a lot about uh, death on this episode. There was. Yes. <laughs> Came up once or twice. Yeah. I mean, death and uh, really just uh, hardships that come into your life. Uh, just remember, they will hit hard, they will suck at the moment, and they will suck further down the road, but... You get a little bit more used to it every day, so long as you keep finding the will to move forward. Push so, through and persevere. Push through, persevere. It's something that's been said a lot in the past, but it is something of utmost importance and should be heard once again. So, everybody, the task may be hard, the trail may be difficult, and you never even know if it's going to be worth it or if the risk was worth taking. But at least... Now you know. <laughs> and keep learning. Keep learning. That's how we that's how we gain wisdom. You may gain knowledge by reading and just by studying and just actually uh kind of absorbing all the information, but you get wisdom from doing the field work. Right. So just remember that, people. It may suck at the time, but you'll come to find either it'll bite you in the ass or most of the time you'll be happy that you did it. Play the fucking outro. 